2: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
1: A massive fire on Mitchell Island rips through a recycling plant, sending thick black smoke billowing into the air. Good evening, and thanks for joining us. That fire has been burning for hours now, and our Catherine Urquhart is live on the scene with the details. Catherine, uh, it's believed this is a mattress recycling facility that went up in flames.
3: That's right, Sophie. This fire started just before 2 p.m. at Mattress Recycling on Mitchell Island, which is just here behind me. We are on the Vancouver side of the Fraser River. That fire spread very quickly. The flames and the smoke visible across much of Metro Vancouver. That smoke impacted traffic on the Knight Street Bridge. Also, access to Mitchell Island was limited to emergency crews only. 27 firefighters have been here on the scene dousing the flames fire chief john mcgowan has told global news that the main part of the building has now collapsed And they are awaiting structural engineers to arrive at the scene so they're able to access some of the hot spots and do so safely. Now, some good news is that nobody has been hurt here. Also, he told us that the smoke is not necessarily toxic. The odor, though, still very strong in the area. That sentiment echoed by some of the people who have stopped by the area to take a look at the fire
4: pretty so, thick in the air yeah. so like you can smell we could smell it from like a little bit away so we just came to check it out yeah. we saw from the school like the big smoke we saw it all the way from there we just followed
5: it all the way down here and yeah it's, it's you can feel the heat too
6: lots of smoke
1: lots of you know the firemen on their on their tall ladders you can
0: feel the mist coming off their um um their hoses and really just smells like a campfire
7: i've come from way up by oakridge to see it and uh Uh, It looked pretty scary.
1: Certainly has been quite a sight throughout the afternoon. Now, this isn't the first major fire for this company, Catherine.
3: That's right, Sophie. This company went up in flames in 2015 when they were located in Vancouver. Now, this fire on Mitchell Island, it's still unclear exactly what caused today's fire. We will bring you more details as we learn them. Sophie, back to you.
1: All right, thanks for that, Katherine. Now some breaking news involving Whitecaps defender Shane and Williams facing charges in connection with an alleged domestic assault. Williams was arrested yesterday morning. He has been suspended pending investigations by the MLS and the Vancouver police. In addition, Williams will undergo an assessment by doctors with the league's substance abuse and behavioral health program. The 27-year-old has played and started in 11 games for the Whitecaps this season. That news coming as the team is in damage control mode over a story Global News broke exclusively on last night's News Hour. A teen attending an elite soccer camp run by the Whitecaps, allegedly sexually assaulted by teammates. Tonight, the victim's mother criticizes the actions of the club, claiming they discouraged the family from going to police.
8: Where they dropped the ball immensely was by not reporting it. I think that the police needed to be called immediately.
6: This mom, adamant, the whitecaps were the first to find out her teenage son was allegedly sexually assaulted, but they didn't act fast enough.
8: Our gut instinct was that they were trying to downplay it and protect themselves. We felt that they wanted to deal with it internally and not let it get out.
6: We'll call her Jane because legally we have to protect her son's identity. Monday, last week, Jane says her son was allegedly sexually assaulted by two teammates in the locker room after soccer practice. The details, too graphic to report. Two days pass, and still the alleged crime not reported to RCMP. Jane trusting the Whitecaps would handle it.
8: I was feeling really confident that the Whitecaps were doing what was uh, not only in best interest for my son, but also in best interest of the safety of all the boys in the program.
6: That confidence eroded by Wednesday, June 8th, when Jane and her husband met with top brass in the youth residency program. She says they were given two options, a private investigator or bring in a VPD contact who does game security. Neither choice involving the RCMP, says Jane.
8: We felt that he was trying to downplay things quite a bit because the boys are minors. Nothing would be done, basically. That's, that's the feeling that we were getting, that they were trying to convince us that because it was minors, it was not, not as severe.
6: By that evening, the family had had enough and called police. The next day, Thursday, which is now four days after the alleged crime, Whitecaps officials notify parents there was a significant contravention of the Residency Player Code of Conduct. What we know for sure is that Jane called RCMP to report the alleged crime against her son. What is not clear is if the Whitecaps called police to report it. The club refusing to answer any questions. In a statement to Global BC, the Whitecaps said a serious incident is alleged to have occurred between some male youth players at our Burnaby training facility last week, which was in clear contravention of the club's code of conduct. Two players involved were immediately put on indefinite suspension by the club and the matter was referred to the RCMP.
8: As an organization, they have a responsibility to to report this and The fact that they didn't was scary for us as parents.
6: The boys suspended from school and the team. The whitecaps not commenting on whether they'll be returning. Two youth under 17 now facing charges of one count of sexual assault each. Ramina Dea, Global News. Brian Whitlock has been found guilty
1: of the second degree murder of his mother. It happened back in 2014. And if his name sounds familiar, here's why. Two years before that, he pleaded guilty to animal cruelty for beating and leaving his German shepherd to die in a dumpster. Our Nadia Stewart was in court today. Nadia Whitlock's family voicing criticism for the system today
9: on a number of levels. Yeah, that's right, Sophie. The family says that they are satisfied with the verdict, but that there are some key issues. They say the legal system is a nightmare for victims' families, and once you factor in mental illness, the situation only gets worse.
5: A mother lost her life in a most brutal and horrific way, all the while trying desperately to help her son and get her son help.
9: Fighting back tears, the family of Barbara Whitlock speaks to reporters. Even after waiting two and a half years, they say they still don't have closure.
5: She was failed by the system, and so was he, and so were we.
9: He is Brian Whitlock, the Vancouver man found guilty Friday afternoon in the November 2014 murder of Barbara Whitlock, his mother. She was found dead on the back steps of the family's Dunbar home. The cause, likely a blunt sharp force injury to her head and neck. Initially, Brian pleaded not guilty, saying he'd been out for a walk at the time, suggesting one of his brothers might have done it. A defense Madam Justice DeWitt Van Oosten rejected today. The family says they waited too long to hear her say that
5: the mental torture of replaying tragic events over and over only to have delays and countless adjournments to get to this day.
9: A day they say could have been avoided. Brian was charged in 2012 with beating and leaving his German shepherd to die in a Kitsilano dumpster. His struggles with mental illness, a problem this family says the system is still failing to address. Brian's human
5: rights To choose or reject a mental illness diagnosis and subsequent medications cost his mother her right to live. At what point does the responsibility for that decision shift solely from the one that is ill to a combined effort of professional expertise, family and those rightly concerned?
9: Now, that is one of two unanswered questions tonight. The other is Brian Whitlock's fate. There is an application in the works for a psychological assessment. So there is a question of whether or not Brian Whitlock will be held criminally responsible for his mother's murder. Back to you, Sophie. All right. Thanks for that, Nadia.
1: Homeless campers of a tent city on Vancouver's Main Street have been served with another order to clear out. It came last night, giving them just hours to leave the property. Ted Chernecki has more on the order and why where it came from is raising some questions. Ted.
2: Yeah, Sophie, this is actually eviction uh, attempt 2.0, because back in May, the city of Vancouver had gone to the courts seeking an injunction to have these people removed, but the courts uh, disagreed with the city, and now supporters of this group are accusing Vancouver of trying to circumvent the law. Can I just hand this to you? Late this afternoon, legal documents were handed to each of the tent occupants, indicating the new leaseholders of this land, the Luma Native BC Housing Society, will be seeking an injunction next week to have everyone removed.
10: Kicking us out? Yep.
2: This is my land, man. They were supposed to have left by this morning, but no one was going anywhere, saying this lot has been empty for more than a decade, amid repeated promises from the city that it will be developed for affordable housing. Yesterday, the city agreed to lease the lot for 60 years to the Luma native BC Housing Society.
0: It's trying to pass the buck off to Luma Housing and let Luma Housing take the heat.
9: If they want us out of here, then they should house us plain and simple and we'll get out of their hair they can do their construction whatever they got to do right but i you know it's pretty serious because we have nowhere to go
2: residents here need to look no further than the balmoral hotel just a few blocks away they say the latest proposal where the tents are now calls for 26 housing units of which only a third would be affordable
9: it's kind of shitty that the balmoral you know all those residents they got housing like that you know and we've been fighting for housing for how long
2: Most of these tent residents are native, and they find it particularly cruel that it is now a native housing society that's trying to evict them. And Sophie, in a statement, supporters of this group describe what's happening here as a hateful and irresponsible action by a civic government and urged Vancouver to use its own numbers and find homes for the 2,200 people it's deemed are homeless in this city. Sophie? All right, we'll see
1: what happens. Ted Trinecki reporting tonight. A day-long strategizing session today aimed at finding solutions to the ongoing overdose crisis in B.C. The B.C. Overdose Action Exchange brings together people with a variety of backgrounds, including government, public health, law enforcement, and those who use drugs. It's estimated about 20,000 people have overdosed since the last meeting a year ago. More than a 1,000 of those people
10: have died. We're still faced with a a very toxic drug supply, and the object of today's meeting is to really come up with some uh, new, out-of-the-box thinking that we can at least pilot and rapidly scale up so we can uh, confront the just the overwhelming crisis that we're dealing with.
1: A growing petition tonight calling on the city of New Westminster to fill all ditches in the Queensborough neighborhood. It comes after a two-year-old drowned in a water-filled ditch last week. John Waugh explains why the ditches are in the area and given the risk, how the city explains not just filling them all.
4: It's a walk two-year-old Makata makes under his father's watchful eye. A hazard always lurking outside their New Westminster home. He can fall into it. And got hurt or die. The potential danger becoming a devastating reality less than 10 days ago. Beef Tu Taju, a toddler of the same age, found nearby in a ditch outside her home on Stanley Street. She later died in hospital. My son can
11: be in the, the same situation. I was horrified.
4: Now there's an online petition asking the city to deal with the ditches by replacing the flood mitigation measures with storm sewers and sidewalks.
8: It happens more often than people think and realize. Um, Unfortunately, this one resulted in a child dying, but there's kids falling and hurting themselves in the ditches all the
4: time. At the time of Taju's death, city officials said homeowners do have options.
12: Property owners can petition city hall, where the city will pay 50% of the cost of installing culverts.
4: The other option residents were given was to wait for an entire area to be redeveloped before storm sewers can be installed. They say that argument comes down to cost versus public safety.
6: The safety of families living here really needs to be addressed. It's very scary because I don't know it's so deep.
4: But not everyone was convinced culverts were the answer. I think the ditches are great. There's wildlife, there's frogs. Uh, All the new development destroys everything. That being said, on nearby Ewan Avenue, the work's already been done. But a full conversion to storm sewers would also mean added pump stations. And homeowners would still be expected to pick up half of the tap. Residents say the cost to the community has been great enough. John Hua, Global News.
1: Another setback for the Vancouver Aquarium. Yesterday, they launched a legal challenge of the park board's cetacean ban. And today, news, one of their three remaining cetaceans has passed away. Our Jill Bennett is live outside the aquarium tonight. A tough loss, Jill. This involves Daisy the Harbour Porpoise.
11: Sophie, even though Daisy, the porpoise, first fell ill on June 7th, and staff here knew that death was a possibility, her passing has still created a huge sadness at the aquarium. The Vancouver Aquarium has been home for Daisy since the harbor porpoise was rescued as a calf and brought here in August 2008. But on June 7th, Daisy's behavior changed, and despite round-the-clock care, on Thursday night, Daisy passed away.
2: Still have lots of tests to go, so I can't even tell you the specific um, pathogen that may have been involved, whether it's bacteria, fungus, or maybe there's even some cancer there. I don't know that as yet.
11: Preliminary tests show Daisy had pulmonary disease. At 9, staff here say Daisy lived a normal lifespan. While harbor porpoises in the wild can live up to 20 years, the average age is from 8 to 10.
2: She's been a... Just a huge inspiration to a number of people. I know some serious porpoise activists that are into porpoise conservation because of Daisy specifically.
11: Daisy died the same day the aquarium announced its legal challenge of the park board bylaw banning future cetaceans. There are now only two cetaceans here, Chester, the false killer whale, and Helen, the white-sided dolphin. The latest death, just months after the loss of belugas aurora and Keela to an unknown toxin, has some saying it's time to stop the cetacean program for good.
5: I think that this death and the previous deaths of the two belugas last year and the aquarium's long history of premature deaths of cetaceans is going to make many people in the public uh, you know, take stock and take time to think about this. And, and I think they're going to come to the conclusion that it really is time to end cetacean a- captivity at the aquarium.
11: But there are no signs of that happening. The aquarium is continuing with its $100 million expansion. Staff say while Daisy's death is extremely sad, she lived a good life. So while there are now only two cetaceans here, keep in mind the aquarium does have five belugas currently on loan to other facilities. So the expansion is continuing, as is the legal challenge of that bylaw. Lawyers for the aquarium say they hope to be in court soon, arguing the bylaw is out of its realm, and they want to be able to bring more cetaceans here
1: in the future. Sophie? All right, Jill Bennett at the aquarium. Jill, thank you. A dramatic rescue on the North Shore last night. A fisherman caught up in the fast-moving waters of the Capilano River. The firefighter was lowered from the overpass and brought the man back to safety using a high-angle rope. But it was thanks in part to a mother and son that this rescue happened in the first place. How they were in the right place at just the right time in just over a minute. RCMP investigating possible tampering at a dairy facility in Victoria in connection with a BC milk recall. Products involved and what consumers should do later on the news hour. And dramatic video showing the moment a car crashes through the front window of a restaurant. Hard to believe everyone walked out uh, okay, how it happened later on the news hour. Now, a close call for a fisherman on the North Shore last night is. Sparking yet another safety warning, the man was rescued from a dangerous spot. But as Paul Johnson reports, only after one person heard his faint cries for help.
7: Believe it or not, this was the easy way to rescue a man stranded in the Capilano River. He was just saying, help me, help me. He was waving like that. Victor Quintana was on Capilano Road last night and made the 911 call that brought the rescue team out. Well, it looked like something out of a movie. It sure did. Crews set up on the bridge high above the man, lowered a rescuer to prepare him. Once the signal was given, it was a straight, if dizzying, ride up to the bridge deck. A few steps to stabilize them, and then mission accomplished. This is a reminder of the need to pay attention to changing conditions. The working theory is this fellow was able to wade out to a good fishing spot, but then we had all that rain, the river rose up, he had to be rescued. It's
10: fast-moving water, it's
7: cold, a lot of that is snow melt-off. North Vancouver Assistant Fire Chief Brian Hutchinson says by the time they got there, the water was too fast and too high to wade in. Lifting him up to the bridge was something they're very good at.
10: There's a lot of technical elements to it, but the, uh, the great thing about this is, is this is what our members train for. This isn't new for members on the North Shore. Uh, we're doing canyon rescue,
12: cliff rescue on a regular basis.
7: Routine for them, but impressive for anyone else. And Victor Quintana got it all on his own camera. I was really
4: happy because knowing that he's safe now and, uh, yeah, hopefully he's fine.
7: Paul Johnson. Global news.
1: And speaking of staying safe, North Shore Rescue is once again recommending common sense ahead of tomorrow's opening of the grouse grind. The grind is no afternoon stroll, so make sure you dress appropriately and be prepared.
4: Yeah, so I think people, when they hear about the grouse grind, it's a very trendy hike to do. But what they need to really think about is that's a very challenging hike. So we highly recommend that people start out with a you know a beginner or a moderate hike there's lots of options on the north shore and work your way up to the grind
1: well how's this for a grocery bill amazon buys whole foods for 13.7 billion dollars what it means for your next trip to the supermarket coming up and later facing the future new technology at the airport that'll change the way you fly It's not often the announcement of a big corporate acquisition sends a shudder through an entire industry. But analysts say today's news that Amazon is buying the Whole Foods chain could change the way millions of us shop for food. NBC's Jolene Kent reports.
13: A new battlefield emerging in the all-out war between arch retail rivals, Amazon and Walmart. This time at the supermarket, Amazon buying Whole Foods for $13.7 billion in cash, attempting to catch up to Walmart's successful grocery business.
5: I think it's great. Amazon's taking over pretty much everything. I hope it means I can get Whole Foods easier and get it delivered to my place really quickly.
13: The deal means Amazon will get more than 450 Whole Foods stores across the country, all primed to become neighborhood distribution centers. And Whole Foods getting a lifeline after struggling financially and losing its dominance in organic food. Analysts say it could be a good deal for consumers, too.
10: You'll have more selection and you'll have lower pricing and there'll be two really, really big players making that happen. It'll be Walmart and it'll be Amazon.
13: Competitors took a big hit today as Amazon moves in on their turf. Kroger, Target, Costco and Walmart shares falling on the news.
10: For the general grocery store, I won't say it's a death knell, but boy. It's tough.
13: Investors rewarded Amazon for the deal today. The company's value spiking almost enough to pay the bill for buying Whole Foods. This is the latest ambitious move by Amazon founder and CEO Jeff Bezos, expanding his online empire into traditional stores and upending the shopping cart. Joe Kent, NBC News, Los Angeles. A
1: snapshot of the future of flying, how your face could be your new ticket to fly. Plus, a disturbing turn in a recall of milk in B.C. and why the RCMP are now involved. City of Minnesota is on edge tonight after a controversial verdict in a fatal police shooting, part of which was streamed live on Facebook.
9: He didn't deserve
14: to die the way he did. And I will never have faith in this system. I will
9: never have faith in this system.
1: The family of Philando Castile outraged after Officer Jeronimo Yanez was acquitted of manslaughter and other charges. The shooting made international headlines after Castile's girlfriend live-streamed him dying in the front seat of a car after the shooting.
4: Yanez testified
1: he thought Castile was reaching for a gun.
2: Now find you guilty on the indictment charging you with the involuntary manslaughter... Of the person Conrad Roy the
1: a young Massachusetts woman convicted today of encouraging her boyfriend with text messages to commit suicide a judge found 20 year old Michelle Carter guilty of causing the death of 18 year old Conrad Roy who died of carbon monoxide poisoning in his truck the judge said Carter knew that Roy had been suicidal and when he got out of the vehicle to get some fresh air she texted him to get back inside and kill himself she faces up to 20 years in prison. For a change tonight, some news about air travel that could actually be good. The first tests of a high tech system that could make boarding passes and even passports a thing of the past in airports. NBC's Miguel Almaguer reports.
9: Today we do have a unique way of boarding.
1: Boarding time, Boston to Aruba. JetBlue
14: calls this a snapshot into the future. Facial recognition confirming your identity, your flight information, and in seconds, clearing you for takeoff.
10: I think it's just an extra layer of security, which is what we all want.
14: Your face, now your boarding pass. No need to show ID or even a ticket at the gate. Well, if it works the way it's supposed to work, then yeah, it should be, it should be a great benefit to us travelers biometrics information is scanned from data points on your face, then analyzed against your passport picture, allowing Customs and Border Protection to give the all clear instantly.
6: Traveling is stressful. We're looking to try to take those friction points out along the way.
14: For now, the new technology is only available at one gate here in Boston. But soon, it could be rolled out at airports all across the country. It's just one tool giving flying a new look. In Denver, the TSA is testing fingerprint technology, using your hand for ID and boarding pass. And in Minneapolis, Delta is using face scans, allowing passengers to check luggage. We're going to be able to
5: roll out to our customers across our entire system a revolutionary customer experience that's really going to change the way you get in and out of the airport. New technology
14: redefining air travel perhaps forever changing, the face of flying. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News, Boston.
1: A recall of milk produced on Vancouver Island has taken an ominous turn. RCMP and the Canadian Food Inspection Agency are investigating possible tampering with milk produced at AgriPure Cooperative in Victoria. Several brands and varieties of milk sold in B.C. have been recalled, including Island Farms, Lucerne and Natrell, because of what's being called harmful extraneous material. The milk should be thrown away. You can find a link to the full list on globalnews.ca slash B.C. A fitting farewell to a superhero. The tribute to Adam West, who brought Batman to life for millions of fans. But first, the heart-stopping moments when a car plows into diners at a restaurant in Ontario.
14: You're watching Global News at six.
1: How a window seat turned into a little too much fresh air right after Christy's forecast. All right, Christy, uh, we had some. Uh, a downpour just a short time ago here in Burnaby.
0: Yes, I got a tweet actually from Jill Crop, and she did the perfect shot. We looked off to the left and it was blue sky, dark cloud and then blue sky. And that's what we're seeing right now across the region. These isolated showers rolling in the region and you can see the dark uh, clouds in our tower cam shot. So if coming up, but we have a change for a weekend forecast and not for the better. We have rain now. So I'll show you when in our five-day forecast in just a few seconds. We warmed up to 20 degrees today, a huge Huge improvement compared to yesterday with our 15 and rain all day long. There's the isolated showers that we're seeing, but at least we're seeing that blue sky as well. Those of you in the interior as well, a few scattered showers and a few thunderstorms. Quite a bit of rain pushing into the Columbia region right now. Most of that will push out overnight and you have a dry day on the way for you tomorrow. But we still have that weather alert for Okanagan Lake. The central and northern regions still talking about Southerly winds gusting up to 50 kilometers an hour. But for southern areas of Okanagan Lake, including Skaha and the Soyuz Lake, we've now shifted that to be a northerly wind gusting up to 50 kilometers an hour. So watch for that potential flooding along the lake shore as well as erosion. And that should ease off late this evening. Now, off in the distance, we are watching this. This is the change that I was talking about for our weekend. So right now, your Saturday's looking fine with some sunshine, still some cloud cover but pretty nice conditions across the province. This one will push in on Sunday. Now, for those of you on Vancouver Island, since you're ahead of everyone, you have the potential of seeing though this on Saturday evening. Most other regions will happen uh, through the overnight period while we're asleep. If you're not out partying, uh, you should see the rain develop while we're asleep and then uh, continue into the morning of your Father's Day. Um, here's a look at your Saturday, though. So, beautiful conditions, temperatures. Um, these are just slightly above average, so not bad. We're certainly improving but uh, southern regions as well lower 20s really 22 in through Kelowna nice 24 and through Kamloops you'll see some cloud cover but at least some nice sunshine in the mix south coast not as much sunshine but you'll see dry conditions at the very least with Tofino starting to see the showers in the afternoon hours the rest of Vancouver Island the showers pushing in in the evening and then the lower mainland shifting in Overnight while we are asleep, and we'll see that into our Father's Day morning, easing off to drier conditions in the afternoon. At least the beginning of summer is looking pretty nice. Uh, Before I move on, participation is helping Canada celebrate 150 years while presenting 150 ways to stay fit. And today's suggestion for you is gardening, and the day for gardening is your Saturday. Here's a look at our uh, happy birthday to Mary Nadrodsky, Sorry, Squire's making me laugh off. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. You celebrated 100 years. And here's our weather window for tonight. Uh, From the D'Souza family in Kalidin with a rainbow just happening on, well, double rainbow, really, on Wednesday. Spectacular shot. Thanks to the D'Souza family for that. And uh, don't forget, we're doing... Uh, we love water Wednesdays now. That was a shot of my little guy conserving water. Don't forget to send in your photo. And tonight's uh, winner is the D'Souza family. Right, Squire? Mm. Is that a good one?
10: That's a good choice.
0: <laughs> it. It's a double rainbow. Oh, my God. Thanks,
1: guys. Incredible security video showing the moment Alexis crashed into a restaurant. It happened in Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario. The car is slamming into two men who had the window seat, pinning one against the wall. Now, despite that, somehow, neither the diners nor the driver was seriously hurt. And luckily, it happened between the lunch and the dinner rush, and the room wasn't that crowded. Los Angeles residents might have thought the Riddler was on the loose last night if they looked up. L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti lighting up City Hall with the old bat signal in honor of actor Adam West, who passed away last week. Also taking part in the tribute were actors Burt Ward, who played Robin, and Lee Merriweather, who played Catwoman. They even brought out the original Batmobile.
10: That is totally cool. Yeah. I love the that. Batmobile? That, well, <laughs> and the, the Bat-Signal. The whole thing, and there was a huge crowd. I mean, that's the show from the 60s, but that was a huge crowd out there right. for that.
1: And that, that would have been so cool to look up. And, like, the cool. kid in me would have thought, is Batman wow. cool? There is I Batman. know. He's going to show up any second now.
10: And, of course, Adam West was also in in Family Guy as the mayor. Was he? Mayor Adam West. Oh, yeah, he was on that show for years. Playing himself? Well, basically, yeah. Uh, Wow. A cartoon version, mind
1: you. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that. Yep. What else can you tell us?
10: Uh, I can tell you this. I went down and visited with Jim Benning, of course, next week's the draft, and we talked about the draft and the prospects they have right now. We asked him, could last year's number one pick, Olio Levy, play this coming season?
12: He has the hockey sense to... I think come in and to to be a player.
10: Jim Benning talks about how prime time is getting closer for some connect prospects.
1: Also tonight. Can I have a
4: cuddle. <laughs> Please come out and cuddle. Come on.
1: An exercise in connecting. How kids are teaching adults a thing or two about putting yourself out there.
10: Here? Like right here to this
1: Not room. Not to this room. Oh, well. Bob Dylan is coming.
10: He is coming, eh? I
1: okay. mean, we would love to have him on the
10: show. Oh, he'd be, he'd be a very nice guest. Yeah, yes. so the invitation is out there. If Bob, you if him. you're watching, come on by. Hang out with us. We'll, we'll even buy you a coffee.
1: If he drinks coffee,
10: I'm sure. Maybe he drinks well, tea. he might. Well, whatever he drinks, we'll buy for him. All right. Uh, hey, we had a chance to sit down with Jim Benning today. Uh, talk to him about a number of things. For one, he says he is trying to sign Ryan Miller back. I don't think the Canucks are all that keen yet. On making uh, Thatcher Demko an NHL goalie, another year in the minors might be good for him. So they'd be happy to get Ryan Miller back for next season. They'll talk to his agent next week in Chicago at the draft. They're also negotiating on a new contract with Bo Horvat. We have heard that before. Nothing seems imminent. They will get something done, but it might not be till later in the summer. And the Canucks did talk with Steve Eiserman in Tampa Bay about a trade. It was never close. To a deal for Jonathan Druin. But here's some other stuff about the Canucks, especially the prospects that they currently have.
7: the middle with a wrist shot.
10: Scores!
14: There's no doubt the Canucks are still a long ways away from even contending for a playoff spot. But if the rebuild is to keep gaining momentum, they absolutely must have their young core players trending upward significant improvement from within is just as important as drafting a great player or getting a key piece in free agency.
12: I think you know next year our players are going to be another year older um you know they nobody was happy with the way the season ended um but and some of our you know the Brock Bessers and the Goldobins and we signed Jonathan Dahlin like these players now are eager to to get in and show what they can do and So I think it's an exciting time.
14: One player who's got the tools to make the jump is 2016 first-rounder Oli Ulevi, who already thinks the game at an elite level, but is his body ready to play against NHL-sized men?
12: He has the hockey sense to, I think, come in and to, to be a player with him right now. With him, it's just going to be about physical strength, getting stronger, to compete hard as a defenseman in the one-on-one battles in the corners and in front of the net. He's a guy that you know coming into training camp we want to see where he's at and you know hopefully that he can challenge for a spot on the team this year.
10: Training camp is just three months away. Barry DeLay
5: Global Sports.
10: The Whitecaps are home to Dallas tomorrow at BC Place. As you heard earlier on the broadcast, the uh, Caps suspended defender Shannon Williams after he was charged with assault after an alleged domestic dispute. They will also be missing two veterans, both injured while playing for Costa Rica. Captain Kendall Waston suffered a hip injury. Shouldn't keep him out for too long, but not having him tomorrow was a big hole for the Caps. Look for uh, Jake Nerwinski to fill in on the back line. And Christian Bolanos is out as well. Shoulder problem for him. He leads Vancouver with four assists right now. So again, a big hole to fill for tomorrow's game. And the Lions are at BC Place tonight, finishing off the preseason. This game, you'll see pretty much a regular season lineup from the Lions. There might be a few jobs left to be decided, but a lot of what you see tonight against Saskatchewan will be what you'll see when the uh, games start for real June 24th against Edmonton. To the US Open, where Adam Hadwin coming off that great first round yesterday. 12th hole. Well, that's a nice approach. Below the hole. Had to settle for par though at that point. No birdies at that point, but that changes on 14. Perfect putt. That got him back to even for the day, minus four for the tournament. 16th hole. Another chance for Bird. This one, though, no. Gets a par. 17th hole, not so fun. Third shot from off the green on a par four. You'll be watching next. Seventeen. Oh, that is unfortunate. Ends up with a double bogey, shot two over 74. Minus two, top 25, so that's still good going into the weekend. Paul Casey. Nice approach here. Had a triple bogey early in his round, but shot 71, minus 7, tied for the lead.
12: I drew it up, guys. Oh. Well, well described.
10: Brooks Koepka also at minus 7. This is on 16 for Birdie.
12: Joey D, who trains with Dustin and Ricky. They all hitting balls together.
0: Joey's teaching him how to putt.
10: There are four at minus 7. Brian Harmon, another one of them. The other one is Tommy Fleetwood. So it's two Englishmen and two Americans at seven under par. Ricky Fowler was the leader after round one. On the seventh. Come on. You can do it. That's how I talk today. you gotta give, You got to give the ball a little talk. Get minus six. He had a plus one today. I want to show you this from the LPGA. Brooke Henderson. Canadian, led after round one of the Mayer Classics, had an 8 under par 63 yesterday. Today in round two, this would lead to a birdie. She's at minus 12 right now. Two shot lead heading into the weekend. She has three LPGA titles in her career so far. So much. There you go.
1: Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're quite welcome. Well done. Thank you. Now let's check in with Andrew for a look ahead to global news at eleven. Anne. thanks, Sophie. And we continue to keep an eye on that large fire burning
3: on Richmond's Mitchell Island. At the height of the fire, thick smoke filled the air above a mattress recycling plant. Fire crews are now waiting for structural engineers to arrive on scene so crews can access some of the hot spots. We will have a full report. Also ahead, Surrey RCMP are looking for a missing 15-year-old girl, Mackenzie Spagnola, was reported missing five days ago. She was last Last seen in the Newton area. Police say she has disappeared before, but due to the length of time she's been missing, they are concerned. We'll have those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock. Sophie?
1: All right, thanks for that, Ann. Your work is not done.
10: I know. That's why I stayed. Satellite debris is coming up. But right I was looking this. at something over here. I'm sorry, I was a bit stunned there for a second.
7: Coming up on ET Canada, find out who is defending Justin Bieber after he refused to perform his hit song. Plus, Shania Twain's return to the spotlight and how you can get free tickets to a Nickelback concert in a select Canadian city. That is coming up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Sophie.
1: Tickets to Nickelback? Sign me up.
10: All right. (laughs) I will sign you up for... Okay, so Mentos... um has done a couple of ads this way what they do you've seen this bit kind of david letterman's done this uh ellen has done this where they get someone outside they put an earpiece in their yeah. ear and they tell mm-hmm. them what to say in this case it's adults outside and children are telling them what well, to, to say. Idea. here we go <laughs> A secret agent. How oh, you? 105. I'm going to help you today. Okay. <laughs> Speak to the
7: guy with the grey hair. Say hi. Hi. My name is Victoria. Hi. My name is Victoria. You look as old as my grandma. But you
10: look as old as my grandma, actually. Oh, oh
12: that's nice.
10: Are you going to die soon? Are you going to die soon? Well, i hope not. Well, I hope you don't. I hope yeah. you don't. Because you're really nice. You're really nice. Hi, mate.
5: Hi, mate.
10: What are you doing
5: today? What are you on to today?
10: Nice
14: hair. I like your hair. like
10: oh, my hair? Yeah.
14: <laughs> Do you want to talk about fairies? About oh,
12: fairies?
4: Yeah. Sit closer. Do you want to come and visit my house? Do you
9: want to come around my house? Are you, are you kidding you? On me? No. <laughs> Do you want to dance? Like now? Or? Yeah. <laughs> can I have a cuddle?
4: <laughs> Please, can I have a cuddle? Come on. Over.
9: Are we friends now? Are we
10: friends now? You are very interesting. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, borderline psychotic, but I mean... Swirl around.
9: Shall we learn each other's numbers? So we can call each other, maybe.
5: Five, 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 five. Five, five, five,
0: five.
12: That's
4: enough numbers now. A lot of five. Shall we be friends? Oh, are your hands so big and, um, lovely? They did it! You want a Mentos?
12: Yeah? <laughs> Would you like a Mentos? It's please. You'd like one? Yeah.
4: Do you want a Mentos?
2: Oh, okay. Then. Thank you. you want a Mentos? Oh,
10: thank you. Who says no to
1: Mentos? need <laughs> <laughs> no to the cuddle, but I'll take the <laughs> Mentos. Yeah,
10: yeah. There's offering Mentos. You never know what you might do. That's Those cute. are tasty. Okay. So here is a commercial for Carlton Beer. It's uh, a vacation with an ulterior motive, you'll see. Okay.
0: This place is amazing. You've really outdone yourself this time, babe. You deserve it. Mick? Rog?
7: What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Of all the places, look who it is. It's Rog and
10: Diane. G'day. How'd you get here? Drove? They drove here.
12: Mick?
14: Ken! Oh. What are you doing here? What a coincidence! <laughs> what are you
7: doing yes. here? You, me and Rog, all in the same place. Michael Jamison? Is that you? Yes. I live
5: oh, he what a coincidence. You <laughs> <laughs> would not bet that was going <laughs> <Raj> <laughs> <laughs> <want> to happen, which this with Roger and Like that one. Okay, That's
10: Newcastle That's something beer. Something I would do. Yeah. yeah, it's a reverse. Yeah, right. <laughs> Newcastle Great. beer, um was going to do a big football ad, but they claim they never had the money. So they, they tell you in this commercial what they would have done had they done it. Okay.
14: Explosions. Scary fish.
10: Thrilling escapes.
14: Frightening rock slides. Sexual tension. Ceremonial dances. Just a few of the incredible things that would have been in Newcastle Brown Ales' mega-huge football game ad. If we actually had money to make it. Get ready for some marketing. Because the almost finished version of the mega-huge football game ad we almost made is almost here. Nothing is about to change forever.
10: If they had made it, it mm-hmm. would have been great.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd love to like be in on those pitch sessions when those ad I guys know, like, "Here's our idea." <laughs> yeah, There's There's some we're going to do a commercial there, there, that... I'm
0: like, "How did anyone <laughs> say yes to that?" Well, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. hilarious.
10: It's like when you go see some movies too. It's like, huh. Like, how did the guy buy into this pitch? Oh,
1: yeah. I'll buy one of those. And yet we're running it on satellite debris. So (laughs) So it works. It works. It's It's